0: This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700. Your best insight into Utah Jazz Basketball and the NBA in Utah. For the next two hours, it's nothing but NBA conversation from the local front to around the association. Now let's get things rolling with Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: Alright, welcome everyone into the Salt City Hoop show on ESPN 700. My name is Andy Larson. I'm the managing editor of SaltCityHoops.com, the ESPN troop affiliate for the Utah Jazz. Also writer for KSL.com, by the way, just in case you didn't know. Today, my guest host is Aaron Falk, beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Happy to have him. Ben is still on his adventures, currently in... The the suburbs of Canada, I believe. I, he's not in Toronto. He's in some other place with like a lake. Is basically all I know from his his Twitter profile and and what he's texted me. But anyway, Ben's not here. But I, I feel like we have a new great voice in in Aaron Falk. So thank you for joining me. Hey, thanks, Ben. Um, we've got a cool show today. First of all, uh, a lot has happened to me personally on Twitter, so I <laughs> want to talk about that. Um, if if you're not a Twitter person, Trey Burke, like the the erstwhile Jazz point guard, um, and I somehow got into a, a spat. I don't know if that's enough to say, but uh, yeah, <laughs> something occurred between us. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, we'll have Andy Bailey on the show, jazz writer for Bleacher Report. Um, kind of talk to him about summer league. Uh, he's the. Biggest Jimmer fan I know who didn't go to BYU, so um, we'll ask him about his signing with the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, and then we're gonna we're gonna do something fun later on in the show too. Of course, we'll do around the NBA as as always. We'll talk about this Jazz potential logo trade uh, logo change that I mentioned and, and wrote about on KSL.com. Uh And then we'll uh, do this this kind of fun song tournament. I don't know if tournament's the right word, but. We're we're gonna do the best of of Utah jazz music through the years, play a uh, play a sample from each, kind of get your guys' opinion, get our opinions on on what the best I don't know jazz related song is of the last twenty or so years. So, anyway, um, it, it's gonna be a fun kind of off season flavored show. Again, thank you to Aaron for joining me. Um, as always, you can feel free to call in, tweet in, text in if you'd like. Uh, the, uh, my handle is at Andy B. Larson. Aaron, yours is at Trib Jazz. Do you want people tweeting you there? <laughs> <laughs> um, and you can also call us at 877 So, shall we get started? Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about this Trey Burke thing, and I'll, I'll try not to get you in trouble, because I know that, like, you want to stay out of it, and you'd really prefer Trey Burke I, not, like, be mad at you And too, I, I like
2: the number one bullet point on on the show outline work thoughts first.
1: What what happened? What happened? That's that's a fair question. Let's explain what happened. First of all, I for some reason I fre- frequent jazz message boards and other jazz websites because you know I like to figure out what the jazz fan is thinking about, talking about, and, and I know that there are other people out there who are you know can find nuggets out there that I can ad- admittedly steal and then put, use for my <laughs> own purposes. One of these such things was a Trey Burke highlight video, which I was actually legitimately shocked that existed. Um, Trey Burke was not a good NBA player last year. We've talked about that on the show. He On this show, he was, he was pretty – he missed a lot of shots, I think is the nicest way to put it. Um, in fact, he's the first player since 1964-65 to shoot over 1,000 shots and make fewer than 37% of them. That's not great. Um, But, you know, Trey Burke also was a starting point guard for a time and does and, you know, had a legitimate game winner and occasionally does some nice things. So I guess I shouldn't have been surprised, but I I was surprised. (coughs) Excuse me. And so I I I put it on Twitter, quote unquote, a highlight video of Trey Burke's 2014-15 season exists. Trey Burke. uh, uh, okay. And really, I think the real capper was Jeremiah Jensen, TV sports reporter for KSL um replied is it a vine which is just a great joke first of all um i i love it (laughs) It, it is incredibly snarky and rude don't get me wrong and like if i was trey burke i would absolutely be offended but it's kind of a funny joke i can't i can't lie then trey burke saw this i don't know if he's searching his name if he follows me i know his dad follows me on twitter as his agent you know that's fair follow the local media uh, responded. And whenever an athlete responds to you, you've already lost. Like, that's that's it. Well, when, when you have, you know, however many
2: Twitter followers you have versus however many million, I'm sure, Trey Burke has, you are already running at a deficit.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, you know, he understandably has hundreds of thousands of fans who quite like Trey Burke. Um, many of them are female. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, so he responds... Grown men having fun, huh? I thought of you men day in and day out, but that's... I don't know. It's just... <laughs> it doesn't really actually make grammatical sense. I
2: think what he's saying is he he does not think of you that often.
1: No. Don't worry about it. But, you know, to be fair, it's our jobs to think about him yeah. fairly often. Um, Anyway. And then he responded, Gotta watch some people lol will smile in your face asking questions, though, like they your best friend. Hashtag backwards living. So, I mean... That's where we're at. Is Trey Burke called me out? Um, I mean, I I I can't decide if I should feel guilty about this or not. I really can't, because on the other hand, I didn't need to be mean. I could have just been like, "Here's a Trey Burke highlight video," and left all the commentary out of it. You know, and there's there's a professional way to do that. And instead, I chose the snarky, mean way of doing things. And from a certain perspective, that's wrong. On the other hand. It also kind of makes me a, a better entertainer, I guess, and that's kind of what all of this is, anyway. I don't know. I can't decide if I did the right thing. What say you, Aaron?
2: I think I think it's it's a it's an interesting situation. It's a fine balance, and and uh, maybe a good reminder of of where we are in the modern day, right? Um, yeah. You know, you you absolutely are entitled to to your opinion, and to you know, you're probably encouraged to share your opinion in a, an entertaining way. Um, now, obviously, there is a the potential for some sort of backlash here, especially right. when, you know, athletes are on this, this stupid Twitter machine as much as like we are <laughs> and, and, you know, have, have access to all of this or being pointed to it by a publicist, whoever. Um, I mean, for me, it's, it's one of those things where I, I guess it's, it's a balance between I – don't, I don't think you should – I think someone mentioned, you know, when in doubt, kiss up. Yeah, that, which is which is false a million times false. Like that's that is not your job. Uh, in, and I think in, in Trace' tweet also, he mentioned something about you know smile like they're your best friend. Well, that's that's right. a falsehood also. You're not in that locker room to be best friends or to be friends at all with with the athletes that you're covering, right? You're there to provide some sort of commentary, inside analysis on all these things, right? And you know, I mean, obviously you want to have some sort of friendly relationship. Uh, you know, at least you know civil relationship with with the people you're dealing with on a day in and day out basis. But I mean, so now, so now you're you're gonna make a joke. I guess it's a balance. How many how many faves is is it worth? Right. How many faves do you have to get before it's worth maybe souring a relationship like? That?
1: And and the truth is, it would have to be like hundreds of faves. <laughs> like, Lots if you if you want me to quantify <laughs> it, it is significantly there is a more faves there is than a I got.
2: You can definitely figure out the number of faves that make it worth it.
1: Right. Um. And, and yeah, I, there's no question that like from a career success point of view, this was a bad idea. <laughs> it's also just I, I though don't want to hold back from, like, an integrity point of view, right? Like, I want to say what I say in, in, in the way that I would say it just because of who I am, you know? Absolutely.
2: You don't have to put kid gloves on for, right. for these guys. I mean, and they are, you know, they're trained in how to deal with, with media, and, and they, you know,
1: generally have pretty thick skin. I, I think the probably the right balance there is I can say that he was historically bad in the objective way, but then once I start saying I'm surprised that there's a highlight video and is it a Vine, maybe that's the point where it's like, okay, that's, it's not worth it in, in, in that sort of way to, to be that rude for no, no real point.
2: Yeah, I mean, you've got to uh, you know, pick, pick your battles. It's, you know, there, there's going to come a time when you legitimately anger someone with a, with a story, with a scoop, with, with something that you know, they don't want out there. And you know they're going to be much angrier than you know two tweets with yeah. like four combined
1: lols or something um, <laughs> and and the little snoozy yeah, emoji yeah. like which there was some internal lack of consistency actually <laughs> I would say in in trey's tweet but regardless
2: so i i mean i, I don't know no, I, don't, I don't i don't fault you at all i see I see absolutely both both sides of this, and it's just it's an interesting, very interesting thing i mean you know you don't think you don't ever think about the people that you're tweeting about, even when you like, when fans at them, I have to wonder how many times like they're actually scrolling through and, you know, for some a lot, for some not at all.
1: Yeah, no, that's, I mean, I think we kind of actually have a sense of that which guys are actually Mm -hmm. using social media and which guys are either a paying a PR company to do it or B don't care at all, you know, full stop, don't have an account. Or if they do, it's just there for, you know, I don't know, presence, I guess. Um, I, I do want to... There's this great article on examiner.com, by the way, that also addressed the situation. And I don't want to get into it. I don't want to talk about Brian Shaw and, and the whole article. Although, I, you know, I recommend that you read it just because it's it's entertaining. Um, I, I just want to quote, quote the phrase, jazzy fan blogger turned journal wannabe Andy Larson, who in his bifocals and sweater vest ensemble went all sarcastic editor on Twitter. Like, I just, I just want, like that idea of me in bifocals and sweater vest ensemble, I'm considering purchasing a sweater vest ensemble. Um, our our guy Dustin Lamar, Projectal Punk on Twitter, is works with Beckett Rob, this this clothing company downtown, and he he indicated that I can purchase a sweater vest ensemble, a custom one even at his shop. So like, this has really changed my life in some sense.
2: What 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 is your uh, your vision impairment as well? I don't, <laughs> think, I don't think
1: you're on bifocals. It's not is quite stigmat- bifocals yet. Yeah, it's 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 nearsightedness. All it's right. not the yeah. normal. I, I it's not bifocal <laughs> needing yet. So this One guy might so. have to run a correction somewhere yes. along
2: the line. At least a
1: clarification. I also was not in a precipice high above the clouds of Saint Lake City. So it, there are also not angels in flowing white gowns strumming their harps around me. Uh, yeah, I demand an instant retraction. This is <laughs> this isn't okay. Uh, I just, I just wanted to bring that up. I mean, I know this is so like inside basebally, and it doesn't matter at all. Like, there's no way we'll be talking about this in like a month. But it, it's, you know, something it weirdly turned into like a decently big news story this week that like Trey Burke responded to somebody, and I don't know. Um, regardless of whether or not that was me or not, it also did just feel weird for me. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, he is though. While we're while we're on the subject of Trey Burke, uh, invited to the NBA Africa um, game this end of July. I believe the game's July 30th. Um, and, and basically, he'll be on Team World playing against Team Africa in the, in this game, um, which is a really cool opportunity for him, and, and is a really cool opportunity, quite frankly, for Africa to have all these NBA stars come down and, and kind of raise awareness, bring charity money down there, um, and you know get more African basketball players, because I think that's that's been a really cool pipeline from, from Serge Ibaka to, I mean, even from like Hakeem Olajuwon or Dikembe Mutombo, there have been a lot of really good African basketball players. That's a cool opportunity for Trey. Yeah, and I think that, that African pipeline probably needs to develop a point guard at some point. That
2: team is missing one. It's got, I think Giannis is, is the guy running the point guard in that lineup.
1: <laughs> that's true. Let me go ahead and read that. It's Luol Deng, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nicholas Batum, Bismack Biombo, Boris Diaw. Gorgie Jang, Festus Azili, Serge Ibaka, and Lukashar Mute. So, yeah. I think Giannis, point guard. Who's your two guard? Probably Nicholas Batum. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Boris Diao, three. Uh, or Lualdang Deng, three. I, either way. Gorgie Jang, four. And Festus, or Serge Ibaka. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. You've got it's, a lot of power forwards. Yeah. It's an interesting lineup. Especially yes. when I think the, the world team is like,
2: there's like four point guards there. So.
1: Yes. Um, I-, I wanted to change the subject a little bit to NBA summer league. And in particular, you and I were both there actually for the same period from the, the beginning of summer league in Vegas on that Friday. Uh, and then we left after kind of those first three games, uh, kind of the group stage, if you will, of, of NBA summer league. Kind of wanted to get your thoughts on a couple things. Um, first of all that we didn't see Dante XM or Rodney hood at all. Were you surprised at that?
2: I mean, I wasn't surprised so much with Rodney. Um, you know, he had two really solid games, and, and he was doing that kind of stuff at, at the you know at the NBA level at the end of last year. Right. Like he should absolutely be doing that against summer league, and, and probably could have had even bigger games. I'm sure he was deferring in you know some small ways throughout throughout those games. He absolutely could take over probably any one of those games he's in. As for for Exum, I mean, a, a little bit, right? I mean, he one game, and it was a really good summer league game. Um, and obviously, that ankle looked pretty. It could have got, been a lot worse, given how how badly he rolled it at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, he he came into last year as sort of the uh, the mystery, and he's kind of doing it again in in a way, right? Like you would yeah. like to see a couple more games.
1: Was it was that a, a one time deal? Was that you know what? Right, because I mean, there's this consistency thing, right? Where if you know if you do it in your first game in three months, that's that's good, but The NBA is, one of the reasons the NBA is so challenging is because it's so many games in so few days, and being able to perform on a back-to-back like Rodney Hood did in his second game would have been nice to see from Dante Exum and kind of, you know, how do you deal with the fatigue? Um, Heck, how do you play on a a twisted ankle even if you're, because you're going to pick up that sort of injury and still need to play during the season. Um, You know, maybe not that bad, but you're going to be 80, 90% out there at times just through the course of 82 games. Um it would have been nice to kind of see him bounce back and then against different uh kind of opposition. I mean Marcus Smart is a great defender, don't get me wrong, but it'd be nice to see him play against different styles of point guards
2: too. Absolutely. But I mean he's got, you know, Australian national team duties coming up yeah. and and obviously you don't want to risk something more serious just to get another look at at a summer league right. performance, but
1: but uh it was a
2: pretty tantalizing uh first outing though, right? I mean it hit yeah. hit every everything you wanted to see.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Like that first quarter was was worrying because Marcus Smart, I believe, put up like twelve points, five assists in in that first quarter, and Dante Exum had I think like one rebound in that first quarter, and they they both played kind of similar minutes. And then for the rest of the game, it was kind of flipped that mm-hmm. Dante Exum actually kind of stole the show. He was getting in into the lane, which is something he he may have gotten more into the lane in in that one summer league game than he did all forty games that he started. You know, it was it was impressive. Uh, Getting to the foul line, he shot 10 free throws, I believe it was. And Would have had, had
2: 12 if he didn't check out with that injury.
1: Right, yeah, which is, you know, a big deal. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think we did kind of see the things that we wanted to see. He still had his typical defense that we saw at the end of last season, so it's it's good to see that he can kind of put both parts of his game together, at least, again, at the summer league level. But, yeah, that that one game was really encouraging – I'll say this. If, if he can be a contributor for the Australian national team, that will also tell me that he's he's made a, a large leap because he wasn't at all at the FIBA World Cup in, in 2014. No, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, say what you will about,
2: you know, those those tournaments and, and international basketball that's it's a much higher level of competition than than even summer leagues. So, yeah. So I mean, if he's if he's going to go out there and be a contributor, absolutely.
1: Now I don't know that New Zealand well, is a better level of competition, but in general, yes. Yeah. I agree. They're
2: going to be they're going to be playing you know throughout. So
1: yeah. Um, your thoughts on Bryce Cotton, Chris Johnson, and Jack Cooley? Kind of these guys with non guaranteed contracts don't necessarily have a spot, but uh, played for one in, in summer league. Yeah, and.
2: and- I'm I think I think we're kind of in agreement that if if it's two, if they're gonna keep two of these, you know, three guys that sadly Jack Cooley is probably the odd man out. Um but I, I, I mean I I liked what Bryce Cotton did. I know it's it's probably illogical to keep four point guards unless you are kind of, you know, sending someone back and forth to uh to, to Boise, right. you know, throughout the season. You just want to keep, you know, talent under contract. Because, I mean, it, as Dennis Lindsay said, you know, they're not quite at a level where they can just throw away potential talent. I mean, if right. maybe Neto doesn't work out for them. Maybe, you know, something else. And, and Cotton does. Cotton plays with, I mean, one, one word you hear Quince use all the time, right? Force. Like, these guys got force. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I would say that that applies to Bryce Cotton. Does he,
1: Jack, but Jack Cooley, too, has force. Jack Cooley has brute force. He has lots of force. <laughs> but he's also a 6'8 center. So. Yeah, that, that's really the problem is you can see how Bryce Cotton's game translates, I think, to the NBA level better than Jack Cooley's game does. Yeah, and Bryce Cotton does something that
2: probably the other three-point guards don't do, which is I mean, he can knock down shots. Yeah. I mean, he was a 45%, I think, three-point shooter in his stint in the D League. That's ridiculous. I obviously can't
1: probably go that, that level, but, I mean, he can knock down right. outside shots. And I think he runs in in transition better than anybody else on on the jazz, you know ideally, Dante Axum does that, but he didn't show the ability to do that in his rookie season. Um, and I agree that Jack Cooley's just yeah probably too small to be a center uh can't too slow to guard power forwards, uh kind of yeah, without a position again at the NBA level, um which is a bummer you know I, I think they probably try to keep all of them and then send Bryce Cotton down as to idaho maybe raul Neto. if you feel like he needs a lot of seasoning do you think do you think that's a possibility by the way that Neto goes down to idaho i mean i think it's a possibility like they, they they've got to know i mean while while obviously he's
2: he's a starter he's getting you know in know living a nice life in, in spain or, or whatever i mean I, I think he knows that to to live an nba dream there might be some of those those bumps you know where he has, yeah. to, has to deal with that i mean they they sent go bear down they've they've you know, it makes it makes sense when you have control over your team and you can, and it's so close and you can bring guys in and out within a, a couple of days. It makes sense, you know, to to send somebody down for short stints at least.
1: Yeah, I agree. And and Raul, to his credit, is not a guy who would complain. No, about that. he does not strike me like that He's, at all. He has so much humility. He's just like, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be like in the NBA or around the NBA or have even the possibility of playing in the NBA. Like, I I think he would not necessarily be happy about a demotion to Idaho, no one ever is, but, like, uh, would see it as an opportunity to improve and, and make it. Yeah, and, and who knows? I mean, maybe,
2: sense. you know, if he can knock down a jump shot better than the numbers sh- show from his, you know, performance in Spain last year, maybe he's, you know, maybe he's battling for, for back a minute somewhere. You know, I mean, it's, it's I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been able to see enough of him to really say, hey, this guy is, you know, this or this at this point, especially given what they think Quinn can do with, with a jump shot.
1: Yeah. Uh, J.J. O'Brien was given a small guarantee and, and signed with the Jazz. He looks like a lot like Jack Cooley was last season, where they'll give him the 50000 or so in guarantee and then have him go to training camp and then eventually be uh, cut and then go down go to, to the D-League team. Yeah. Um, the idea there is that the NBA has allowed so that up to four of your training camp cuts ha- are uh, you can assign them to your Idaho team or kind of reserved for that D-League team rather than going to another D-League team if they choose to stay with the D-League rather than going to Europe. Um, and by giving the Jazz giving him that contract, they kind of keep him in their quote-unquote system in Idaho. Uh, same offer, by the way, was made to Brock Modem, although he has not yet accepted that offer. He's kind of deciding whether or not he wants to do that
2: or return to his team in Australia. Yeah, if you're from Australia and you can make good money playing there, it's probably a tough sell to say, hey, go live in Boise and play in. In right, February sometimes. But on the other
1: hand, if you think that you have like a thirty percent chance of making the NBA, then it's like, well, you yeah. know, I could make a million dollars, or I, you know, I might not. I, that's or I can make the guaranteed one fifty. Basically, how how much roulette does does Brock Modem play? <sighs> <laughs> I'll take the million, Brock. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and take a break. On the other side, we've got Andy Bailey from Bleacher Report. He's the NBA featured writer there. Uh, calling in, talking about the Jazz Summer League, some more stuff on Trey Burke, and we'll ask him about Jimmer Ferdette as well. That's coming up next on the Salt City Hoop show, ESPN 700.
0: Analytics and opinions on the Jazz and the rest of the NBA. This is Salt City Hoops on ESPN 700.
1: All right, welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show. Before we get Andy Bailey on the line, we've got a Twitter question for you from uh, Jordy Wynn. Saying this won't happen, but how awesome would Andre Miller be in a jazz uniform for his swan song on a scale from one to ten? How awesome.
2: Well, I-, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean the problem Pac-12, is twelve, awesome. Yeah, I mean Utah ties cool. Um, but you know, also decrepit, aging, um, old point guard with admittedly one of the most fun games to watch. Like he's got that weird post-up game, the little like herky jerky game that somehow is effective, but like realistically that would be what six point guards for the Jazz? Yeah, and yeah, we're not going to play the forty-year-old one. <laughs> all right, let's go ahead and get Andy Bailey on the line. <laughs> What's that? I do love Andre. I say. Yeah, no, I mean he's he's great. I it would be great. Um, it doesn't make any sense at all. Let's go ahead and get Andy Bailey on the line, though. Um, Andy Bailey is a NBA featured writer for BleacherReport.com. Um. Was with us at the at the Utah Jazz Summer League here in Salt Lake at Energy Solutions Arena. Andy, how are you?
3: I'm good. How are you, Andy?
1: Good. That's thank you for I, using your name. I feel left out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, my little brother's Aaron, so it, it all works.
1: Wow. Okay. Get him in. Get him in on this call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just I don't know. Uh- <laughs> I want to ask you about your your thoughts about Jazz Summer League. So, I mean, you were you were down here. You're you're not you don't live in Salt Lake City. Um, what were your impressions of, of the Utah Jazz Summer League? Coming in and seeing the Jazz, Celtics, Sixers, and Spurs play.
3: Well, my overall impression of the Summer League um, was just how rabid the Utah Jazz fans are. That was, I think, one of my biggest takeaways. Um, I was actually a family member a couple hours ago about how the Jazz played the last game each night and the amount of fans and the amount of noise that they got in there was amazing for summer action. Um, so that was kind of a general takeaway. And then really the main reason I wanted to, to be there was to see Dante XM and just kind of see how he's progressed. And it was unfortunate that we only got to see him for one night. But, um, you know, obviously what we saw was very encouraging. He He basically took every concern that we had about him last season. And he answered it in one way or another. He was really aggressive. Uh, he looked strong. He looked, um, you know, explosive and hopefully those things will kind of carry him through the summer with his, his time with the boomers and on into the season. So that was, those were probably my two biggest takeaways.
2: Andy outside of, out of Exum and, and hood, you know, those guys we know are going to be there. Who, who impressed you, who impressed you the most on, on that jazz roster this summer?
3: Um, he really kind of got me in one game was was Trey Lyle um he struggled the first two or really all of um the Utah Summer League I'm, I'm kind of skipping into Vegas now but um that last game he played in Vegas I think we finally got to see all of those tools that Dennis Lindsay you know talked about and kind of sold the Jazz fan base on after he was drafted um you saw a little bit of that pick and roll ability which is Really, really cool thing to see from a six ten guy, and you start to get visions of sort of that Josh Smith, Dwight Howard, four um, five pick and roll. Um, you saw a little bit of his three point range. Um, you know, I think if he throws out the the pull up eighteen nineteen two nineteen foot two pointer, um, you know, I think he he could be uh, work his way into the rotation at some point during the season.
1: Uh, let me ask you: uh, you were kind of also involved in this Trey Burke brouhaha. Uh, um. Yeah. I. I. I want to say, tangentially involved, because you weren't. You didn't actually say anything that made him mad. You were. You just got the at retweet in response or a tweet in response. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, is do you think he should have responded that way? Do you think it was we were out of line and, and making fun of him? I mean, kind of. What? Where do you come from?
3: I honestly, though, well, I don't think anybody was out of line. <laughs> um, I think. I think your uh, original comment, and I think I think it was Jeremiah Jensen. I think his response. It was all. This is what new media does. Uh, it, it, basketball isn't covered the way that it was, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. Everybody, it, it's a different forum to share your opinion. And so, by the same token, I don't mind if a player shares his opinion back. That's that's fine to me. What was what I kind of got riled up about. Um, was uh, a lot of people started taking pot shots at, at you guys. And, um, you know, like you said, I was kind of tangentially involved. I don't know if they were going for me or not, but, um, so that's when I had to kind of step in and at least to the people that were talking to me, give them some stats and say, you know, there's nothing wrong with, with saying how a player's performing with stats. And, and, you know, that's, that's just covering the NBA. One somebody told me that we have a responsibility to build up the players And that's just not, that's not the media's responsibility. Um, If anything, it's the opposite. You, you, as a a member of the media, you, you know, you talk about things that they can work on. You you just talk about objectively what is happening with the team. So, um, you know, it was interesting. And I think maybe a good side note that I just kind of came to is, you know, it is cool that jazz fans have a player's back like that. So, um, you know, Taking a step back and looking at it broadly, I mean, like I said, I don't really mind what anybody did, and you know, it's just <laughs> uh, on a week of Twitter beefs, it was. I guess we had to get into one. I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, you're you're also the Jimmer guy, uh, known as the Jimmer guy nationally on on Twitter. I think just because. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like every few months you you tweet out Jimmer's stats and say, "Why isn't this guy getting more playing time?" which, you know, Absolutely. I think is is a fair point of view, um, given given his percentages at least before this past season. So, your your thoughts on his uh signing a training camp contract with the San Antonio Spurs this week?
3: I think it's awesome. I think this is this is his best shot to to really showcase what he does well, and I think the Spurs most people would agree, are better at at drawing out as much talent and potential out of a player as, as anybody. And so they will identify what he does well, and they'll, they'll put it to use. Again, assuming he makes the, the team, it is just a train camp deal. Um, but I really like the fit, and I think the Spurs are a, a smart organization. I don't think they would just do this to make a, you know, a two-day media splash or something. Um, I'm sure they see something they like in him. Like you said, he had a rough season with the Pelicans, but but prior to that, he was I think he was around a forty percent career three point shooter. Um, and we've seen guys like Gary Neal, who who really didn't do much other than shoot. He, he thrived in San Antonio. Marco Bellinelli, who's he's a few inches taller than Jimmer, but he's a similar skill set, just kind of a shooter. Um, you know, I think if he makes the roster, it, there's there's nobody who's better suited to um, to to helping him hit his potential than Popovich and the Spurs.
1: want to ask you okay we've got andy bailey from bleacher report on want to ask you also you know you're also optimistic about the jazz you know you you feel like if you look at the whole national uh perspective that there's a lot of there's a lot of potential in this year's team if i had to put you on the spot right now give me an over under kind of win total um for for next season kind of what what do you think the jazz can accomplish
3: i think 50 wins um a 50 lot of people, wins is your
1: plus minus?
3: Yeah, I'm going to give that. I mean, people think I'm crazy, um, especially people. I have a lot of, you know, I I, I covered the whole NBA. So I have a lot of people who aren't jazz fans who talk to me on Twitter. and They laugh at me um, when I talk about this team. But here's, here's my justification. Um, you know, obviously the second half of the season, they had a slightly weaker schedule, and a lot of teams take their foot off the gas in the second half. But, the Daz play that I think it was like a 54 win pace after the break. Um, they were not only the top defense, it, it wasn't even close. I think per hundred possessions, they were five points better than the Grizzlies. Um, and then, so you take those two things and then you add the fact that the entire core and, and everybody who's going to be back and going to be a rotation guy next year was 25 or under with the exception of Ingles. And, you know, who knows if he'll be a rotation guy next year. Um, but, that means everybody in the rotation is still three or four years away from their prime um, at least. So everybody's going to get better. That defense is coming back. Um, You know, I think with the full year of Quinn Snyder, now you're going to see the offense start to click in certain ways um, next season. I think maybe they'll start off kind of slow, maybe around 500 or something. And then I think things will start to click in kind of how they did this, this last season. And I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see 50 wins and maybe a seven or eight seed in the West.
2: Uh, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. So, so in, if this fantasy is to come true, um, who? I mean, in, 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 are they going to make the playoffs? And if so, who who drops in in the Western Conference?
3: Well, I think we're. I think pretty much everybody agrees Portland is out, um, unless Damian Lillard suddenly turns into Michael Jordan or something. Um, the other one that I think is almost surely out is, is Dallas. Some people still think they have a shot to make the playoffs, but. Last year, I think we finally saw that Dirk Nowitzki is human. Um, He's creeping closer and closer to 40, and he he just doesn't move anything like he used to. And then, you know, they whiff on – well, not necessarily whiff, but they missed out on DeAndre Jordan, and they replaced that with Zaza Pachulia. And they've basically just been kind of going to the scrap heap since that whole fiasco. And they were already kind of, you know, on the brink of playoff contention last season, but I think those are the two that go out, and then obviously you got to worry about OKC, and that basically leaves one playoff spot for the Jazz, the Suns. Um, you kind of wonder if New, or- New Orleans will be in that mix. I don't think Sacramento will. A lot of people, at least you know, on my ten-minute, put them there, but it's basically a fight between three or four teams for that last spot.
1: Some people think Sacramento will be good.
3: You would be shocked, <laughs> <laughs> Every time I and I don't know, you know how closely you follow me, but every time I say something about Rondo or the Kings, I just get bombarded with people who think they still really, really believe in Rondo.
1: See, and like, and
3: it I doesn't get, matter what numbers you throw at them; they just they still think he's one of the best point guards in the league.
1: I, I get like the Lakers love. I I can imagine like uh, yeah. being excited about what they've got because you know they they have a starting five of conceivably good players of, like, Randall, yeah. Kobe, Hibbert, Clarkson, and, uh, who am I forgetting? The, um, either Lou Williams or, know, like, Brandon yeah. Bass. I mean, they have, like, a conceivably, like, decent NBA roster, but I, I, yeah. the, the Kings have Boogie Cousins and Rudy Gay, and, yeah, hopefully, uh, we saw Rajon Rondo last year was just a negative, a net minus. Like, I, I just, I don't yeah. know.
3: I clearly. And, and it's not just it's not just on-court issues uh, with the Kings. There's already a firestorm between their head coach and their best player. If you throw Rondo, who was by all accounts a cancer um, last season in Dallas, you throw him into that mix and suddenly it's going to be thick, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: I'm, ex- I'm personally just very excited for it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> a lot of people are lobbying for that you know season of hard knocks with the Kings training camp, which would be just pure gold.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. All right, well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. That's Andy Bailey from Bleacher Report. Uh, read his stuff. What, what's your Twitter handle, Andy?
3: At Andrew D. Bailey.
1: Cool. Using the full name, the middle initial, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thanks again, Andy. All
3: right, take care, guys.
1: All right, got to go ahead and take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk more about this potential jazz logo change. Um Maybe moving the jazz note up to the primary logo. Maybe coming up with a new secondary logo. Maybe some court changes. We'll talk about all that next on the Salt City Hoops show on ESPN 700.
0: You are listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700.
1: All right. Welcome back into the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700. Andy Larson here alongside uh, with you alongside Aaron Falk replacing Ben Dowsett for the week because Ben is in Canada and, you know, I don't know, can't make it here cuz he believes in Canada more than America. Doesn't he know anything on Pioneer Day? Utah is a pretty great state. Carl Malone Day, man. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the tie back to, <laughs> to the Utah Jazz. Um so I reported the story on ksl.com today. Um on Twitter yesterday. Basically, the, the Jazz want to make a change to the their logo, which is kind of a big thing. They've only changed the logo really twice in in their history um and but it, it's not maybe a a, a big change or just moving that secondary note logo up to the primary logo so kind of the way it is right now you've got that mountain design with the blue and green and yellow um that's been recolored for the third time in, in 2010 uh and at this point nobody likes it i'm i'm just going to be okay some people like it like the 10 guy the guy who like made it his mom like <laughs> it. unfortunately he made it in 1996 <laughs> and it's not the same colors he thought it was going to be it's like why are the mountains green and anyway um i guess the mountains can be green mountains are green i, I look outside i'm like that's actually not unreasonable regardless it's it's not what they had in mind it's kind of a a compromise almost between what was what it was in 1996 and the the note colors now um made necessary by the fact that the MBA charges large sums of money in order to change the actual design of the logo. So, but this, this front office and this kind of uh, marketing group, I guess I would say, is, is more willing to change, is more willing to spend money on kind of quote-unquote frivolous things like changing the logo. So they want to move the secondary logo into the primary spot, i.e. bring the jazz note back as your primary logo. Um, which is cool. And then they're going to be moving a secondary logo uh, or creating a new secondary logo to kind of fit in where the note used to, used to be. I'm kind of curious what they come up with, the, with that secondary logo because, um, you know, it's kind of a whole new world for what jazz secondary logos could be like, right? We've only really had, like, this jazz wordmark thing with, like, the crazy font and the diagonally up thing and then the jazz note and the mountain logo. And am I forgetting anything? Is, is there anything else that there's been in jazz history as, as far as, like, logo mark goes?
2: Nothing that comes to mind, so.
1: Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of curious what they come up with as a new secondary logo, given that they're kind of promoting this jazz note secondary logo to primary. Now, there's one concern that the current jazz note logo, as on the and center court at Energy Solutions Arena, doesn't have the word Utah in it anymore. Anyway. And in order for it to be the primary logo, it needs to have the full name of the team, Utah Jazz. So I, I imagine they'll probably stick Utah over the word jazz, just like New Orleans did back in the day, just like the Utah Jazz did back in the day from or 1979 to 1996. You know, you did it for 20 years. It's probably good enough now, too. Um, so that's fun. You know, I, I guess your, your mountain jazz gear is about to come retro. So maybe that will raise the value of it. No one was buying the primary logo stuff, by the way. Um, of course not, because everyone wants the retro. Everyone wants a jazz note, and, and yeah, this like mountain logo thing doesn't doesn't appeal to anyone. I, I'm serious. Like I, I actually heard the sales were significantly smaller on these primary logo things than anything with the jazz note. I don't doubt it. But if if we brought
2: back like a black and and kind of that copper, uh, mountain jersey, like like an Oster tag jersey, yeah. if you put a rack of those in ESA.
1: Boom! Those there there, there are enough so hipsters
2: in that arena to take that to sell that out every single game.
1: Yeah, okay. I that black and copper jersey was cool. I remember thinking that was like the neatest thing as a nine-year-old. I was like, yes. so terrible, so <laughs> terrible. But but again, it's, it's coming back. It's retro. Let's yes. make it happen. Yes. Um, and then one other note on this is that they are also considering changing the court as well. So. Court right now has kind of got the the blue outline on the sideline and the and the baseline and then the green paint in the middle they may be changing that green paint to a to the blue or maybe even the yellow kind of just make it look better quite frankly i I think the, that green looks a little bit heavy as is right now um, and maybe you adjust the colors of like the the free throw line and the three point stripe in order to kind of correspond to Make it so that all three colors are are represented on the court, but I I do think that the green kind of looks heavy and and makes the court not as good as it could be. Um, Zach Lowe ranked it twenty fifth out of the thirty NBA courts um, last season. Uh, I mean, do you have any opinion on this? I do I, I
2: really I really it doesn't bother me too much right. about you know the the court design. I I you know what I'd like to see though this is something that was suggested to me the other day. Okay, and, and as as, as um, I think some of those like the new uh, Alternates and and pride, you know, uniforms were were put out there. How about a stars throwback somewhere? In yeah. A, in, in a in a in a pride, you know, once or twice a year, or the, throwback to the Utah the stars. ABA Utah yes, Stars, exactly. not the yes. WNBA. Ron Utah Ron stars. Boone and the Mighty Utah Stars.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I mean, we we get like these other teams that have ABA throwbacks that from teams that were in their area but are not the same. So it's not just like the Pacers and the Nets or anything. It's these these kind of teams that grew out of success in ABA markets. Um I, I think, yeah, a, a throwback to a stars jersey would be would be great for a, a game or two of a season. Absolutely. And, and I mean and if Indiana's doing the Hoosers jersey, yes, why not? Exactly.
2: If you can if you can put George Hill and that hair in that jersey, <laughs> we can have
1: Gordon Hayward in a Utah Stars jersey. Yeah, no, that, that seems completely reasonable. Uh, Riley O'Brien at Riley O'Jazz on Twitter says, whatever the new logo slash color scheme is, if it is printed with Ostertag on it, we can safely assume it sells out in a heartbeat. <laughs> True. See? <laughs> are, there, are there gigantic Greg Ostertag fans out there just that, clamoring for more gear? That was all the market research that I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Riley O'Brien, known expert on the jazz. Actually, I like Riley. He's one of the, the best uh, tweeters in, of, of this show, um... I just think that that sort of stuff is kind of interesting. It's like you know, sure they did change the logo five years ago, but a lot has changed, and I think they recognize that this note logo is is what they want the team to be. It's at center court. It's on the jerseys. You should make it the primary logo and and keep it simple for all the NBA broadcasters it, and. Yeah, and it, it
2: harkens back to. I mean, this this is franchise. And this fan base is certainly nostalgic, and it, it's keeping that in the forefront makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's it is. Associated with all of the best memories of of the franchise backwards and and you know hopefully going forwards.
1: I will tell you that maybe the KSL commenters disagree with you and that um I I mean they I think they like the note logo but mostly they just don't want to care about the Jazz ever. Oh well. <laughs> Of course, I, I haven't seen a jazz game since the 1998 strike, and their arena was called the Delta Center. For me, it's too late to care about the NBA or any other professional sport. It's too late. You didn't have time in the past two decades to do that U-turn. No, come on back. It was too late. It's too late. Uh, I mean, if a logo change would have happened sooner, you know, maybe, exactly. Maybe. I I love two things about that comment. First, um, or any other professional sport, like the entire thing has been ruined by the 1998 strike. Just sports in general. Has has been completely broken, Um, and then the idea that I don't care about any professional sport, but I'm going to read this article and be the first person to comment on it. I don't know what that says.
2: Maybe it's just someone who is deeply, deeply interested in graphic design.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. I I okay. You're you're so positive, Aaron. (laughs) Here I was just thinking it's a hater, but no, it's it's someone who. No, it's it's definitely a hater. Both logos are a yawner, just like the players. Another great KSL comment. I I just like KSL comments. I, I'm sorry. I I maybe I just respond to hate well, and we've talked about hate a lot on the show so far. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's just funny to me. That's all. No, I I I we've got like a minute to go. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, we've
2: I heard something in my ear, and yeah. it freaked me out. No,
1: you're, we're good. Sorry. So th- we have to. We've got the heart out in about a minute. We've got a minute to, to fill. Do we have Vegas stories? Too many. <laughs> Too many. None.
2: None that should be shared on the air.
1: I did share the Jimmy Buss one last week.
2: Oh, at the Bellagio. Uh, on the show, yes. Well, As, some even. I guess that that really opened up my eyes to what people do with money at five in the morning.
1: In, in case you missed it, Jimmy Buss, owner of the Lakers, was at a Bellagio. Uh, slot machine, at the KISS slot machine, which is, I think, an important detail. Just pulling the slot machine lever away, trying to get the three Jim Simmons in a row. Just <laughs> doing the his tongue best comes out, there. and then, you know, <laughs> you hit the bonus, and Jimmy Buss is richer than ever. NBA owners like us in, in ways that you would
2: hope that they aren't. Did not see Greg at the Donnie and Marie slot anywhere, anywhere in, you know, Mandalay
1: Bay. No, thank goodness. All right. Um, we got to take a break. On the other side, more Salt State Hoop Show, ESPN 700.
0: Talking hoops and the association. This is salt city hoops on ESPN 700.
1: All right. Welcome back into the salt city Hoops show. Andy Larson here alongside Aaron Falk, beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune for the Utah jazz. Ben Dowsett is out this week in Toronto in the lovely nation of, of up North. Um, we're going to do it around the NBA. There's actually some fun NBA things to talk about. Um, I won't do the segue that Aaron asked me to do in the break regarding, never mind. Yeah. Moving on. Let's start with LeBron James and Space Jam. LeBron James Entertainment Company signed a deal with Warner Brothers, which probably means, I mean, they haven't like confirmed Space Jam 2 or anything. They'll make a separate announcement there so they can get as much publicity as possible but probably means Space Jam 2 featuring LeBron James is coming. And Your they've thoughts. they've
2: trademarked all of the Space Jam merchandise yeah. and and everything. They and did things. that a few months ago yeah, before doing so, the deal. So, pretty pretty apparent. Yeah. Um my my thought and I'll let you since since you have admitted to watching this movie much more recently than I have. I I'll, I'll say this. Like I I get it. I mean, I get, you know, LeBron apparently was is good in Trainwreck and you know he's, he's great in training, and right? I haven't seen it. And and obviously he is, um, you know, the most n- uh, recognizable athlete probably in the United States, if not verging on the world at this point. But not, you know, there are non soccer division, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I guess the the thing that still just doesn't make sense to me, I guess that I would say is,
1: why why do you always have
2: to do everything that like Michael did? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, but get your because money because you get the money. Yeah, I, I mean, I that right.
2: all right, all right. It's just, you know, I mean, I don't know, a little distance in, in some of this debate in this, in this uh, you know, discussion, I think, would be nice from See, time to time.
1: And I think, like, Kobe, if Kobe did this, I'd be like, yes, now you're just trying to do everything <laughs> that Michael did because Kobe's like patterned so much of his everything off who Michael Jordan was. Like, his game is like just carbon copy Michael Jordan's footwork. For, LeBron is his own player, at least. Sure, if, sure. Know. Okay, and, and I think the the Michael Jordan comparisons come more from uh, outside than inside. His sure is that is that fair? I will also say that LeBron James showed like significantly more acting ability in Trainwreck than LeBron than Michael Jordan showed like in any part of Space Jam. Like, was LeBron was actually legitimately good in in Trainwreck and funny and maybe even the funniest character in that movie. Although I'm biased, Michael Jordan and Space Jam is just like a, a blank slate of not goodness. What's the worst part of spa- of watching Space Jam as an adult? Uh the innocence that's stolen from you. Uh, <laughs> no, I, something that you realize was important to your childhood is uh, you've realized is is meaningless. Um, I don't know. I think the best part is Bill Murray. I think the worst part is just the the extent to which Michael Jordan just, just clearly does not care about this movie at all. Like shows – so, you know, he's sucked into the golf hole and goes into Looney Tunes land, right? As, ha- as does happen. Right. <laughs> well, he acts like as does happen. He acts like, oh, this is the ninth time this has happened this week. He's like, oh, man, where am I? This is weird. <laughs> well, better play a basketball game. Like it's it's just it's awful. I read it, I
2: read like so I I was reading about this today and there were like multiple. There are already too many essays and think pieces about LeBron James and and Space Jam. Mm-hmm. But like someone someone wrote that Michael had, like, the strength to be subtle and not try to outshine his Looney Tunes <laughs> co-stars.
1: That was really it. it. It was just, yes. It wasn't that he didn't know how to act. It was that he... S- was such a nuanced <laughs> performance from Michael. <laughs> the the Olivier. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's what's happening. Um, that and just, like, yeah, the blatant commercialism. But, I, I mean, I, I guess... It's I have higher hopes for Space Jam, too. That's what I'm going to say. League Pass prices uh, were released this week. $200 for all 30 teams, $120 for one team, and $7 per game. Both of those last two options, by the way, are, are new this year. Before now, you couldn't just get uh, League Pass for one team. So that's kind of cool, first of all, that if you, know, you just want to watch jazz games and you're, you're out of town, you can just buy League Pass, and that's, that's what you get to do. If you want to buy an extra game, then you pay seven dollars for it. I mean, I know Jody was on Twitter, kind of like railing against this seven-dollar price. To me, it's it's high, but not like crazily high. Like I I can understand why, how you can justify paying seven dollars for two and a half hours of entertainment if it's an exciting or um, you know especially looked toward game.
2: Yeah, I I see. I imagine people, you know, you are out of town, away from your own, you know television direct tv package you're having some sort of event or, or whatever and, and there's a big game seven bucks that's nothing you know yeah. not, not like not like paying for a fight where you pass the hat around and and you know one guy gives you 20 bucks and you're right. uh, you know paying the other 90 or, or whatever um <laughs> right. but I, I don't imagine that like you're going to be sitting around with with the misses and you know it's like oh we've already seen this property brothers like, let's, let's go pay $7 for Raptors uh, Sixers. You know, let's see what...
1: Yeah.
4: And I, that, that's not going to happen. But
2: 7 bucks for if there's some sort of event type thing.
1: Right. And, uh, you know, at least you're not, like, play, paying for a sling box or something for those times when you are out of town. Sure. I um, yeah, I like, I think it's reasonable. I agree that it's not going to become, like, the pay-per-view event thing where, like, yeah, bars are charging to get in so they can recoup their $7 cost. But, yeah, yeah I... I um I, I, I think it's it's fair for everyone involved. The big thing is just like if they could make League Pass not suck, like <laughs> if they could just like make it stream well, like ninety percent of the time and allow me to see old replays of, of jazz games or whatever the case might be, I mean those those would be massive improvements. Yeah, I do like it on on
2: my television, you know, yeah. it's it's great to have that. Um but yeah, streaming is is a struggle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> struggle bus um spurs won the summer league by the way this monday and everything and they are so good um kyle anderson is your mvp and becky hammond uh, we've talked about this before but the first um summer league head coach uh, female summer league head coach in in league history and you know first i guess champion female head coach in, in nba history um so cool for them
2: yeah i mean you know again it's it's summer league you know you you it was really like Kyle Anderson looked great. Is you know what's Kyle Anderson going to be as a pro? Still a question mark. That right? behind the back pass,
1: though, uh, on as he was posting up on the block was cool because I, I thought he was losing control of the ball over there, and then he finds a way to get it around to to perfectly deliver that pass. I thought that was neat.
2: He, um, if if Matt Piper of the Sully Tribune is listening, he's probably the biggest Kyle Anderson supporter out there. Hmm. Um. You know, but he's he's still slow and yeah. And who's he gonna guard and and you know? But uh, obviously the the big story is Becky Hammond and uh, it's great. I mean, you know, it's it's it, it's insane. I, I was listening to Lock and you know I didn't necessarily think about it, but certainly there's no female coaches on I think any staff at the college level. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty bonkers and you know good on the Spurs and and good on Becky Hammond for you know just owning it.
1: Yeah, and, and good on the Spurs for taking you know a WNBA player right out of retirement and go ahead and put her on the staff like right away. I, I thought that was something that uh, not a lot of teams would do, and they saw something in her that you know it, it's not like there was a bidding war. I, I think that they were they were the team interested, and it's it's proven to work out well. I mean, it worked better than the Jazz, the Spurs, in the Utah Jazz Summer League here when they went one and two. I think maybe it's possible that she's. The next Greg Popovich. <laughs> She's the next great NBA head coach. She seems a little kinder than, than Greg, the next <laughs> That's Greg true. Popovich. That's she, Yeah, she answered our questions for like 15 minutes and didn't interrupt us or not answer any of our questions. <laughs> I, I guess
2: I guess give her a couple of years and a couple of championships and we'll see if she gets a little crankier. But.
1: Heck, speaking of not answering questions, I'm going to skip to this one. This week in LOL Lakers moment. In fact, can we play the LOL Lakers um, soundbite? Yes Alright It's <laughs> everybody's favorite segment of the week The LOL Lakers segment Where we laugh at the futility of the Los Angeles Lakers I was not going to do this this season I was like one season of, of terrible Lakers jokes is enough But then they just keep like giving me something to laugh about And I can't help myself <laughs> I have so much like old jazz fan hatred for the Lakers And like almost getting in fights with Laker fans at jazz games As a like 14 year old And it, it, was, it was a bad time Anyway, now I get to laugh at them because, well, they're, they're a hilarious franchise. This week they had a press conference introducing their new players, Roy Hibbert, Lou Williams, and Brandon Bass. Uh, you know, long press conference, 20 minutes. At the end of it, they're asked by our guy Bill Orem, former Salt Lake Tribune beat writer, now beat writer for the Lakers for the Orange County Register, correct? correct. Um, asked about Kobe Bryant. Let's go ahead and hear it and play the clip.
3: Have any of you guys heard from Kobe, and if so, what, what did he say?
0: Oh, this is uncomfortable.
4: <laughs> so when you guys, are, are you...
1: A full, like, ten-second pause before someone was like, oh, they're really not going to answer, and then yeah. ask the next question. Yeah, you you Which, don't see Roy Hibbert's eyes just
2: looking back and forth, Brandon Bass kind of chuckling. Just
1: like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm A, mad at that reporter for asking the question and ending the silence. <laughs> like, I, I wanted to know how much further that would have gone before it, someone was like... Uh, and Bill, Bill had to ask, like, but that's that's like That's a good question. It's a good question, and it is
2: it is like the quintessential Lakers question. Like yes. you know, you you know how many people the jazz bring in for, for workouts, things like that, and how many people are asked about the altitude. Right. In LA, it's what would it be like to play with Kobe? Every prospect.
1: Yeah. Had to. Had to ask a Kobe question. And, and just that there's no response. not like, ah, oh, we haven't heard from Kobe.
4: Looking forward, so looking forward to it.
1: playing with Kobe, though. Yeah, none of that. Literally <laughs> zero. Just like, oh yeah, he's still on this roster. <laughs> I have no publicly available thoughts for that moment. Delightful. Uh, <laughs> I I still can't believe that. Like, that's kind of shocking to me. Like, just how much disregard there is for Kobe Bryant and in, in the Los Angeles Lakers.
2: Or maybe just how much disregard Kobe Bryant has for Roy Hibbert, Lou Williams, and Brandon Bass. Well, so
1: it's—is it that he hasn't called them, or is—I mean, I, or is it that he called them and they didn't like what he said?
2: Ooh, I don't know. I mean, I my guess is that they, he had not reached out.
1: To them. I I agree. I mean, but even which, then, so it's—but even then, it's just so easy to say no. He hasn't reached out. To us. Yeah, and you don't have to have that silence. You can say, "Nah, he didn't reach out to us. No, I'm looking forward to it." But it's like, no, he didn't reach out to us, and I'd rather he didn't. <laughs> like, and I kind of prefer it that way. I don't know. Maybe we're reading too much into 10 seconds of silence. That was some really awkward silence. It was a very deep 10 seconds. All right. Well, thank you for the LOL Lakers soundbite. Um, that's our LOL Lakers for this week. Moving away from awkward silences, <laughs> the Ty Lawson trade. Uh, this week, the, the Nuggets traded Ty Lawson. To the Houston Rockets, they received a lottery-protected first-round pick in 2016, and Cash, along with Nick Johnson, Costas Papenicolaou, Pablo Prigioni, and Joey Dorsey, all kind of fringy NBA players that add up to Ty Lawson's salary. Uh, the Nuggets also send a 2017 second-round pick to Houston. So they kind of get an upgrade from a second to a first and get rid of Ty Lawson for basically salary filler. What are your thoughts? I mean, it's it's an interesting move. I think it makes the Rockets a lot better.
2: Oh, absolutely. If, if Ty Lawson, you know, clears up his issues and, and multiple DUIs in such a short span, is that's a problem. Yeah. Um, you know, if he can get that under control and, and you, know, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, certainly don't want to trivialize alcoholism or, or you know, whatever. That's, right. that's a struggle for very, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, if they can if you can get that under control and 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 you know basketball wise genius for them i mean it's yeah. it's it's can't miss in in a lot of ways because i mean he's he is a great point guard when he is playing at his best he provides them with another penetrator another you know creator and that offense has got scary good and you look at the and what's exchanged like you said salary cap filler by the end of it what's going to be the difference between the rockets first round pick and the Nuggets' second-round pick. I mean, that's a good
1: point. It's like five or ten slots. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think you know it's a high. I would say it's a high reward sort of move. Um, they made him make the last year of his contract non-guaranteed, so it's really only for this season. Mm-hmm. And if they if it works out, then they can keep him for next year as well. So that's that's kind of exciting. He's currently in thirty-day rehab. Maybe that makes a difference in in his alcoholism that had clearly gotten to a bad point. Um. And, yeah, I mean, to the point where he's endangering the citizens of Denver or, I guess, in this most recent arrest, L.A., but still, you know, bad news bears. Um, but, yeah, when Ty Lawson's playing basketball, he is very good. I mean, he's an 18-9 and 9 point guard. That gives them a lot of different looks that, say, Patrick Beverly can. not get. Yeah, yeah, and, and to have that
2: as, as now a, a combo, I mean, to bring Beverly off the bench and, and to be able to, you know, use him as, as a defensive specialist more so and, and give you that – you know, use Lawson for for offense, and and obviously he's going to get big minutes if he's if he's good and and ready to go. I mean, I that's a serious that's a that's got to be a title contender. I know. I mean, like don't you don't you think? Isn't that yeah all, all of a sudden up there like a legitimate legitimate title contender? No,
1: I I think so. If you know all of those players are working well, you know, I I wonder if that backcourt works well defensively because I you know Ty Lawson and James Harden aren't both aren't good defenders. But if you need a good defender in there, then you do have Patrick Beverly to to you know defend whoever their best backcourt player is. I, yeah, I, I mean, I think that roster really works well, again, assuming that all of those pieces are, are together. But that
2: shows you how, I mean, how bad it was must have been for Denver I mean, yeah. to, to make a deal like this. Uh, who? I mean, I like
1: Papa Nicolau a little bit,
2: you know? If I, he makes shots,
1: then, yeah, he turns into a decent player. But outside but of that... Yeah, Prigioni's, you know, 39. Joey Dorsey's not an NBA player. Nick Johnson barely might be, but probably not. Like, I mean... Um three signings to, to report. We had reported actually earlier a couple of weeks ago that Richard Jefferson had signed with the Mavericks. That was still in the moratorium phase. When DeAndre Jordan left the Mavericks and signed with the Clippers, uh Mark Cuban, I think somewhat generously offered these guys a chance to pull out if they wanted to, you know, not sign with the teams, not sign with the Mavericks and instead go elsewhere if they so choose. It also might just be builder for better for Dallas's rebuilding, but Richard Jefferson actually ended up taking him up on that offer, signing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think he gives them something. I, I think he gives them essentially like corner three point shooting ideally yeah. and uh, being Richard Jefferson around the locker room. Like that's everyone kinda likes Richard Jefferson.
2: Yeah, I think I mean the the fans here I, I think any like you know, bad taste that, that fans have for Richard Jefferson is because, you know, they weren't playing younger players essentially, not because of right you know, what Richard Jefferson did or, or who he was. Um and he's true to his word. I mean, that year he said he was going to go ring hunting, and and he did. Here, here he is. He is, he is definitely, you know, cast a line out there.
1: And I, I am kind of surprised that uh, a Dallas signed him last year and, and gave him as many minutes. I mean, he started two playoff games yeah. last year. Uh, and B, again, that the Cavs are interested after kind of striking out on Sean Marion last season or Mike Miller, kind of similar signings in that they're old and kind of ring chasing veteran mm-hmm. small forwards. Um, Maybe this one works out better. Maybe it doesn't. The Cavs are also signing everyone and throwing as much money. As yes. The yeah, the they're going to be spending so much money in luxury tax. But uh, Kings signed Seth Curry, brother of Steph, to a two-year deal. That's kind of fun. I Yeah, summer league hero. Yeah, summer league hero. Maybe better than Ray John Rondo. <laughs> 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 uh, as mentioned before, the Spurs signed Jimmer Fredette to a training camp deal. Um, I, I think kind of everyone has the same perspective on this, which is that if he's going to succeed in the NBA – the Spurs are the, the place to do it.
2: Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's a training camp invite, um, something that the Spurs beat writers pointed out. Fredette uh, shares an agent with David West. Mm, okay. um, so they're, you know, obviously it's, you know, you can do favors that that sort of a way. But, abs- I, I mean, still very, very low risk for potentially a little bit of reward. I mean, I don't, you know, no one expects him to go out there and be some sort of, you know, NBA full career like he was, at, you know BYU right. scoring you know ridiculous points, but you know he, he can he still has a chance at a, another shot here. He's earned a shot, and and you know that's a place that's going to maximize talent
1: absolutely. I, I Are remember you Jimmer.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember when he was drafted. Kind of his worst case scenario was was listed as Eddie House, and I think that would be kind of a pretty good case scenario at this point. Yeah, for him, absolutely. If he can have that kind of longer lasting career as a shot maker from outside as an undersized point guard. I, I could see it maybe a fit there, especially on, on the Spurs that if if he can fit in that kind of fast-moving offense, maybe it works out. He's like a, a short Matt Bonner, is <laughs> the way someone phrased it to me. Why do you have to compare
2: white to white? Always. <laughs> it's always the same.
1: Any House isn't white. He's, uh, <laughs> no, you're right. Anyway. <laughs> um, let, let's see. We mentioned the Pacers are going to wear the Hickory High jerseys inspired by Hoosiers. That's kind of fun. Um, Carmelo Anthony introduced himself to Kristaps Porzingis, the new uh, New York Knicks pick, in a text by saying, this is Melo, but instead of the L, he used a 7 in his name. So this is M-E-7-O, which, A, inspired Porzingis to great heights. He thought it was hilarious enough to, like, report it in this interview with, with uh, I think it was Jared's whirling of Bleacher Report. Um, and just that Melo is introducing himself that way is hilarious. Do you not do
2: that? Do you not, like, this is... For indie,
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> no people then think like, "Who's indie?" Please get back to no. I, I I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think like the the equivalent for Aaron is even worse because of the double A's. Two fours. Just two fours. And they'd be like, and think zero. they think
2: you're a huge 44 United <laughs> like promoter. Like this is a spam
1: like block uh, another report. Another spamly. The uh, 2015 NBA Players Association Awards happened this year for the first time ever. They decided, hey, we don't need the writers to choose winners and awards for us. Us players can do it, too. And then they chose terrible winners. So <laughs> <laughs> they kind of, like, hurt the, the, I don't know, the importance of their own event, their prestige, by choosing, hey, DeAndre Jordan is best defender of the year, which, I mean, statistically he wasn't. Um, I think most coaches would agree that he wasn't other than Doc Rivers, but, you know, he's a well-liked guy around NBA locker rooms, and, you know, he does make a legitimate impact defensively. That's a little bit weird. Um, naming Harden most valuable player, fine. I think you can make an argument. The weird ones, I think, are hardest to guard, sure. Steph Curry, okay. Clutch performer, Steph Curry, okay. Coach, or sorry, yeah, coach you want to most play for, Greg Popovich. Sure, choose the best coach is the one <laughs> you most want to play for. The Way LeBron to, one is stay the Stay out on the limb. And then, yeah, player you secretly wish was on your team, LeBron James. <laughs> Who? Why do you have to keep that secret? Like, ugh, sorry. We're, women Richard you Jefferson. wish were you were dating. There's a magazine <laughs> called the Sports Illustrated
2: <laughs> Swimsuit Edition. Secretly, you know, secret. Oh, come on. Yeah,
1: no one. No, you don't have to like. Ah, oh, man, I'm sorry, Nick Batum, but I <laughs> wish that we had LeBron James <laughs> on our team. You know, oh, I'm so sorry, Ryan Kelly. If only the LeBron was on the Lakers. Like what? Don't tell him. Don't tell Ryan. <laughs> Shh.
2: It's Ryan a Kelly's going to be like,
1: "Yeah, me too."
2: <laughs> me too, Kobe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you think Kobe calls Ryan Kelly? Do you think what do you think that relationship is like? Yeah, just the awkward silence <laughs> again. <laughs> I I don't disagree. Um and then we mentioned this the NBA Africa thing is happening at the end of the month. Again, uh, 20 or so NBA players going to Africa to play a charity game there. It's, it's a really cool thing. It'll be um, on ESPN. It's about, I think it's 5 o'clock a.m. our time. So, you know, you'll have to get up early to watch it. But it's basketball with some NBA players. We mentioned the world roster, or sorry, the African rosters earlier. Uh, Luol Deng, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nicholas Batum. Bismack Biyombo, Boris Diaw, uh, Gorgie Jang, Festus Azili, Serge Ibaka, Lucrechard Mute, uh, And then they'll be facing off against Team World. Oh, this is lovely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Some Africa. It's Toto, right? Toto's, yes. Look at me. I know things. Um, Team World is being <laughs> is con- comprised of Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, Kenneth Reed, Marcus Gasol, Pau Gasol, Jeff Green, Marcus Smart, although he's injured so won't play, Evan Turner, Nikola Vucevic, and now Trey Burke. Um, Trey Burke in a press release today said, I'm honored to be representing the Utah Jazz and Team World in the first ever NBA game in Africa. I look forward to not only playing in the game, but also being able to give back to during the community outreach activities. This is without a doubt an experience that I will truly cherish. Heartwarming stuff, Trey Burke.
2: <laughs> and not once did he get angry at you in, the, in, that, <laughs> in that prepared statement. I would
1: also like to say to Andy Larson, I'm going to Africa. What now? (laughs) (laughs) LOL. Snoozy. Snoozy face. Snoozy emoji. Love you, Trey. Despite everything, no one can keep us apart. Okay, a lot can keep us apart, including our different socioeconomic backgrounds. (laughs) It's really inspiring me, actually, the great radio. I think that's really what's happening. Actually, this is a great segue into our next segment. The Utah Jazz, the, the best of Utah Jazz songs. Um, we're going to be playing some Masha Karolenka. We're going to be ch- playing some D-Biz Oh No, some Gordon Hayward. We've got some Thurl Bailey songs. Carl um, Malone will be featured. Uh, Shane Foster, erstwhile jazz roster spot slash cap hold, have her retired player, I guess. I don't know. I've said too many words about Shane Foster already. Um and and many more up on uh, next on segment uh Utah Jazz songs that's next on Sub City Hoops ESPN seven hundred. All right. As promised, we're doing the Utah Jazz, best the best of category of the, of the Utah Jazz songs throughout the years. That little intro was, was D-Biz Ono's, um I guess, addition into the group. I I try to find out information about D-Biz Ono occasionally. He was the winner of this jazz theme song contest that they promoted this entire season. Um, and, you know, honestly, it doesn't have, like, a terrible beat, but it doesn't have also a lot else going for it. That song makes d- me feel like a DJ. Whenever it's on, <laughs> I throw the headphones on. Just you don't feel like that just being in this radio station with like seven other radio Not stations. Not really like, because
2: okay. we're a talk station, right? We don't get a lot of the just the deep bass. I don't know if that translates over the AM, oh, airways. It it's great stuff, but it's <laughs> <So> it makes <laughs> me feel cool. So you've never been a, like you don't you don't know anything about D biz? No, no, I
1: I've done extensive googling like for at least fifteen minutes and. Even just like downloading that song is hard enough. Um So I mean I guess I guess I would just i I'd be curious
2: how someone like could come by the name D and just have like only one song. <laughs> yeah,
1: like you've you've gone through a lot of effort for this, this rap name. Why yeah, why can't you gotta have a couple things that on SoundCloud, your own right? Page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. D is the famed producer of the song Utah Jazz. <laughs> I think that is the literal title is just Utah Jazz um, SEO friendly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they and they to their credit they played it at games for like half a season and then realized that like the the overlap between that and Jazz season ticket holders was pretty pretty slim but it was so much better than like the country jazz theme song which luckily we won't play during the segment cuz that, that was bad.
2: There are some good songs on I mean I I was going over some of the stuff that you you have queued up here and I am right. I am anxious to give some Do of you have a list. request? I I don't want to jump the gun here. I mean I Jazz Brothers is I mean you can't see where my hand is
1: but it is way <laughs> above my head. It's up here for me. All right. Let's well we've got two Jazz Brothers songs. So let's start with the first one. Uh the one that is not keep it sexy. <laughs> Keep fighting by the Jazz Brothers. The Jazz Brothers, by the way, are, are Thurl Bailey, Carl Malone. Uh, so it's Thurl Bailey in, in the front, then Carl Malone, uh, Dal Curry, Ricky Green, Daryl Griffith, and Kerry Scurry in, in background. Let's keep playing it. Is this backstory true on this, by the way? Uh, From, I mean, the only other, like, I guess, source I have is Jazz Game Night, the the producer for the pregame jazz show, says that it is true as well. But, um... So with time to spare during a recent road trip, this is from the New York Times in 1987, by the way.
2: The paper of record.
1: Yes. Uh,
2: this is the best part.
1: Thurl Day- Bailey, Del Curry, Ricky Green, Daryl Griffith, Carl Malone, and Carrie Scurry tried their hand at making a recording of the Temptation song, My Girl, in a shopping mall in Phoenix. Okay, cool. After the recording was well-received by listeners of several Salt Lake City radio stations, they formed a group known as the Jazz Brothers.
2: They got their start in a mall in Phoenix. I mean, it's hard to say, Carl. Malone, that's where Carl Malone got his start. But for <laughs> me, that is now—that's the Carl Malone origin story. It's this mall in
1: Phoenix <laughs> where they sing "My Girl" together. Like, did they just have a recording studio in the mall? Like, because they got a tape somehow, and somehow it got to radio stations. Which, why are we not one of those radio stations? <laughs> by the way, John, we just became it. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: I mean, if if you listen to more of this, I think you'll find that Big Teeth Thurl Bailey is doing most of the heavy lifting. Yes,
1: definitely. Which, you know, to his credit. But I, I'm proud of everyone else for, like, chipping in. I, I don't know that necessarily this jazz group would be willing to be backup singers.
2: You don't think these guys would chime in on, like, a on Too Big Yo? Like, if, if Gordon Ooh. did a big live concert, like, you don't think Dante and, and Ingalls might come out and... i don't verse? joe didn't
1: want the happy birthday released you know like i yeah i I think they'd be too shy i mean i think like i think trevor booker goes out there uh i think alec burks probably does and probably doesn't sing but he probably goes out there
2: the return of ab that would be the return of ab
1: (laughs) uh what are we listening to now keep it sexy okay this is keep it sexy by the jazz brothers this is this is the piece de resistance. This is I, I meant to play this later, but we need to play it now. Yeah. And later. And every show forever. Let's bump it. We
3: gotta make this love slow down. We gotta turn this thing around. Getting hot.
5: Keep it right on line.
1: Sexy background singers. Is that Carmelo falsetto? Yeah, I don't think
2: that's that's the mailman's falsetto. <laughs> there, I did listen to this full track, and there there does come a time when there is a group vocal that sounds bad, and I assume that was the rest of the brothers. Okay, the rest of the jazz brothers getting in on there. Yeah, I like. It. It's it's it does get better all the time. <laughs> it does.
1: Yeah, I I love that this happened. There was actually it was funny when uh, Thurl Bailey was traded for Ty Corbin. There was an article about their differing skill sets um, back in like 1991. And, and so Thurl Bailey is your singer, smooth man, uh, leader of the Jazz Brothers, and then there's computer nerd, <laughs> computer science major, tinkerer, and scientist. And they and the Salt Lake Tribune article like compared the two which i thought was kind of funny like now i you know i don't know i just see them as old jazz basketball <laughs> players um keep
2: it keep it sexy should be a team slogan if, if life off game on can, can <laughs> pass keep it sexy you know 2015-16 utah jazz
1: completely agree we, we can make that i mean it's better than 44 united like <laughs> <laughs> how about yeah instead of a, a season ticket theme like keep it sexy by season 2 <laughs> that adds up uh in the keep it sexy mood let's let's go with some Masha K Masha Kirilenko um this is her famed song the sky is falling from many a local commercial have you heard this before
2: no from the sky does Andre back this up at any point <laughs> no he doesn't I mean, clearly, clearly great production value.
1: Yeah, she paid some money. I mean,
2: I, I'm not going to set up a Pandora station for this, <laughs> but you know, I mean, if it comes on in a in a party situation, I'll get up, I'll dance. Is this danceable? Oh, I mean, of, okay. for my for my moves, my speed, yeah.
4: yes. Kind of, yeah, okay. I, I see it. Got a hook. I just
1: want to buy clothes at
2: her boutique in, in the Gateway that I can't remember the name of. Fleur de Lis. de yes. And like everything else in the Gateway, it
1: is closed. <laughs> uh, sad trombone. Um, thank you. <laughs> I was gonna say I shouldn't have to say the word sad trombone. We have a sad trombone. I actually now. played it, but the button wasn't on, so no. I didn't play it didn't. <laughs>
2: Sometime we'll do that live, though. Woohoo! I'll yeah,
1: I like it. I-, I want one of those soundboards in here where I can just press the sad trombone button. Cause it, I, don't I don't know if
2: that's in the budget today. Uh,
1: fine. We All gotta
2: right. let's. We gotta pick this up. We gotta go with something more hopeful. Yeah, maybe some Shane
1: Foster. Some Shane Foster. Let's do it. I can't wait to play in the NBA. Some backstory here: Shane Foster was drafted, I believe, forty-sixth overall by the Dallas Mavericks. Um, after a great career at Vanderbilt, was the best shooter in college basketball. And he was—he was very excited to play in the NBA. Let's, he, let's he play. He could song. not wait. He,
3: <laughs> thank you.
1: All American, by the way, St. Foster.
0: I can't wait
1: to play in the NBA. Some good keyboard background.
0: I can't wait to play. And the NBA I'm waiting for the draft Working hard to improve my
4: craft From New Orleans Tennessee I'm the best that's shooting not three Take you off the dribble Go past my
1: man I'm in the lane Now watch me slam That's some good basketball rhyming Oh, Absolutely As far as basketball rhyming goes, like, rhyming draft with craft and Tennessee and three, like, that's all you really need.
2: Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately, if Shane Foster is going to play in the NBA, it's it's going to be the organ at an arena.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so sad. Like, this poor guy wanted so badly to play in the NBA. He can't wait to play in the NBA. And then in his first Summer League performance, he, like, he... Trey's it, I'm gonna say Trey Burks it, Trey Lyles it Is that too rude? It's 30% And as a shooter you just need to do more Goes to play over in Europe, goes to play in the D-League Never makes it to the NBA Has not played a single NBA minute It is the very saddest NBA story that exists It's the man who was so close to reaching his dreams And then did not And loved his dreams I don't know I hope he's come it's to peace with it though. I hope so too yeah. That's and a
2: story waiting to be written
1: I mean, I've written it twice without like talking to same. You Bob gotta, you gotta I, go find him. I should. Um, I'll fly to Tennessee. No, so he has retired. He's now like doing youth coaching down there. Um, I get emotional. It's just like he's one of the thousand best basketball players in the world, but no, nope, not gonna be in the NBA. Okay. Hey. life, I guess. Important lessons. All right. Well, that was not necessarily more hopeful. I don't think. <sighs> we got to go ahead and take a break. On the other side, we'll be playing more jazz songs and and wrapping up the show. That's next on the Salt City Hoops show, ESPN 700.
0: You're listening to Salt City Hoops on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Hey,
5: girl, I just want to say
1: to you
3: Yeah,
1: Thurl Bailey is is carrying this. There's no doubt. That's "Keep It Sexy" by the way, by the Jazz Brothers, the the band built in 1987, led by Thurl Bailey, backed up by Karl Malone, Del Curry, uh, others. I guess I would. Who else was in that list? Um, Ricky Green, Daryl Griffith, Kerry Scurry.
2: Those are a, like, that's the list. all the brothers. Yeah,
1: that's that's the entirety of of the list. But still, it's impressive. We've got a couple other songs. Maybe the one most infamous, it's time for too big yo.
3: <clears throat> yo, this is G time right here. Allow me to introduce B <laughs> Rizzo on the mic, along with Gino. Let's do this real quick one time.
2: Yo, I drive to the cup, just call me Ronnie. Step back, three balls
0: wet like the sun. I got balls waiting on the rack.
5: I put up charm, just
1: call no me idea of the mat. euphemism there. Like... time, I go hard when I cross. I can be a
2: point dish, dime, bite, like the mess. Call me Rip, cause I got the mid range. Game on the line, call me King James. <laughs> yeah, just wanna be on the top with a triple double. I practice at
0: I practice at the buckle. Both those places are my home. Up I want like I want to like play this song
2: to every for every player who gets yo, referenced in it. Like yo, yeah. J- like JJ Reddick what's your like cash or credit, JJ Reddick <laughs> <laughs> What is, what's your take on uh this track? I agree.
0: My name is Gino. Let me spin, spin this real quick flow. My is know but I stack- a ton of dough. Oh,
1: but on. I this don't even know what they're saying at this no, point. No, no. I mean,
2: they wrote this like what, like just before the the tournament, I think, or like yeah. somewhere right around that that first, well, Gordon's only like finals tournament run, right? But. You know, when they said they wanted it to drop at one time, I'm sure Gordon would not have minded if, like, that it only dropped the one time and then it was... <laughs> and not gone it, on YouTube. Yeah. And none go, of the, gone from it, there on. Right.
1: Yeah, I know. I Especially now when people still ask him about it, which, you know, it's fair game. You made too big, yo, of, five years ago. Of
2: course. I, these, are not, um, these are not songs specifically about the jazz, but a couple of years back, Colin Wolf at City Weekly did us all a great favor of... Uh, compiling the top 25 um, references to the Utah Jazz in hip-hop and rap songs. Excellent. And most of them are, you I mean, we can't say them on, <laughs> uh, on this and, station or any other.
1: And are kind of specious, quite
2: honestly. Sure, I mean. sure. But a, a couple of good ones. Um, let's go with uh, Chameleon Air from okay. She Gonna Already Know. Control Schedules, Take a Clock, I Turn It Back. Why you talk? Why you talk? I'm in Utah, like Hornacek, doing real estate, trying to get another corner shack. Whoa. whoa.
1: <laughs> okay. All
2: lovely. right. And then, on the eve of Carl Malone's birthday, we got to get a mailman reference. Mm-hmm. This is Riza. Smack the jail bell, bondsman, Strength of eighteen, bronzemen, Tall like Carl Malone, mailman. Frame of Larry Johnson. Which I kind of have to ask, like. Is Larry Johnson's frame that much more desirable than Carmelo's? Not at all.
1: I would say it's less desirable. Carmelo has Carmelo's body shop. Like that's, if you have your own fitness VHSs, you are you know you're more of an icon than Grandmama in the in the body standpoint, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Absolutely. We should. By the way, that should be our next week segment. Is great parts of carmelone's body shop i, I don't know if it uh, <laughs> i don't know if it translates as well on radio as as these songs do no, but it is it is pretty glorious
2: yeah that's a google hangout waiting to happen
1: yeah <laughs> we don't need a radio show we just, <laughs> next week's google hangout is carmelone's body shop all right so we've had some good songs here uh, and some bad songs um i'm curious is your preference just the Thurl Bailey ones does do they just win all of them I I mean Where do you how do you rank it out
2: Yeah for me the Jazz Brothers come in it's just it's no contest The Jazz yeah. Brothers from the from the the origin story a mall in phoenix from, from Thurl Bailey just stumbling across a great singer who happened to turn into one of the best power forwards in the NBA finding Karl Malone discovering him in a mall in Phoenix <laughs> just the new origin story um Keep it sexy, keep on fighting. They did a lot of keeping. They were always doing the same thing,
1: yeah <laughs> it's mostly about maintaining gains already had as as a forty seven win team, you really have to like fight for what you already have um yeah, no i I mean it's definitely the the jazz brothers that that can't be topped
2: i mean if it if if someone wants to present an argument for too big, yo. I mean, it, it would be because it's now because it you know because it's irrelevant to a player on the team on the current right. roster. Outside of that, I mean, come on, give me give me the Jazz Brothers' greatest hits. It's my Beatles one,
1: and <laughs> they're not writing songs with titles like "Keep It Sexy." You know, if Dorneiro <laughs> doesn't really "Keep It Sexy," can you imagine? First of all, that's the best thought I've had in like months. Um. And yeah, I mean he just wouldn't. It's it's uh, Thurl Bailey is is a great human being.
2: I if if AK had contributed to the Masha track. Okay. You know, that would have elevated it for me. But yep. in in yeah, in this like, you know, American Idol Got Talent chopped that we're doing right here, give me give me Big T. Yeah. And he's got albums. I mean,
1: he's got other stuff. He's got Right, he's got a Christmas album.
2: Come on. <laughs> what are you stuffing your stockings with this year? <laughs>
1: We should actually. We could probably get Thurl on the show and just have him sing for us one time. <laughs> I I, think that's I'm, I
2: don't know if we can afford that uh, <laughs> that fee, but
1: that's true. But we can play his greatest hits as available on YouTube. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh uh, we're playing. This is not one of Thurl Bailey's greatest hits. Carl Malona. Carl Malone.
2: Carl Malone, turning how old tomorrow? Fifty-two. 52? 52? Car- yes, correct. We got. Car-Malona.
1: No. He's not old. I don't
2: He's like just guys. But pretty hard. Hard. Hey. Still, it's the mailman.
1: Yeah. Turning but 52. Happy birthday to Carmelone. There's a parade tomorrow for you, buddy. Liquor
2: stores are closed.
1: <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, thanks, everyone, for listening to the Salt City Hoop show on ESPN 700. Listen to us, iTunes, Stitcher, saltcityhoops.com, ESPN 700. I had to stop running.
2: Luckily, he had me in and out within two hours. And I was literally
1: back running within a month. Sports Med Utah, back to play.
3: Sports Med Utah, 25 doctors, 8 clinics, 5 emergency rooms, and 4 hospitals, working together to get you back to play. More info at sportsmedutah.com.
5: If you've been injured in an accident, Handy & Handy can help. Handy & Handy practices exclusively in the area of Of personal injury, including car and motorcycle accidents, big truck accidents, slip and fall incidents, dog bites, and wrongful deaths. Handy in handy, accident and injury attorneys have over 30 years' experience. Personal injury is their expertise. If they don't win, you don't pay, which means you pay no upfront fees and will not pay any expenses unless there is a settlement. They help you pay your medical bills, receive compensation for lost wages, obtain money for pain and suffering, answer property damage questions, get medical treatment handle insurance company paperwork and more. Need help? The law firm of Handy and Handy is dedicated to helping people who have been injured in accidents. Meet with them now to discuss your case. Give them a call at 801-413-7315. That's 801-413-7315 or log on to espn700sports.com and post your question on Handy and Handy's sports court.
4: You can get a brand new 2015 Buick Verano for under 20 grand. That's right. Right now at Jerry signer Buick GMC, get a 2015 Verano as low as $19,999. Or lease a new 2015 GMC terrain as low as $198 a month. And every new vehicle purchased or leased at a Jerry Signer dealership includes a three-year maintenance package, Buick and GMC. Check out our huge selection today at Jerry Signer Buick GMC. Come experience the signer difference minutes from anywhere in the valley, just off I-15 in South Jordan and North Salt Lake. Online at JerrySignerSouthJordan.net and JerrySignerNorthSaltLake.net. 2015 Buick Verano, stock number 402544B, sale price 19999 Dealer retains all rebates. Price does not include tax, title license, or fees. 2015 GMC Terrain, stock number 115822. Lease for 198 per month. Payment does not include tax. Must be credit union member and have a current non-GM vehicle lease. 10,000 miles per year, 39-month lease, $1,500 due at signing OAC. Offer in seven thirty one fifteen C. dealer for details.
0: This is your home of ESPN, the Utes, and RSL Soccer, KALL North Salt Lake, Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 7.